What's going on, Bears fans? And welcome to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by PointsBet. Use that code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. It's Thursday, March 31st. I'm your host, Nicholas Moriano, and I'm joined by the one and only Olin Krutz. Olin, how have you been? I've been good. I've been good um, dealing with winter in which is now almost April, like everybody else. But but other than that, uh, I've been good um, watching the owners' meetings, listening to Coach Eberflus, who I heard. I guess everybody's calling him Flus. Yep. Uh, Ryan Poe's talk. Um, me and my you know really good friend George McCaskey. I heard him speak. <laughs> uh, so so just you know just doing the normal uh, uh, stuff. Uh, uh, how about you? Yeah, no, it's been good. Other than raining the past couple of days, so walking to the studio has been. An adventure, but you know yeah. that's that's what you get when you have have a job in Chicago. You just never know what the weather's going to be. You seem to have the right doing all those yeah. uh, workouts at Bears Fit, so the rain must not bug you. You got quick feet. You got quick feet. I, I like to yeah. think I have quick feet. And like yeah. we were talking, we on all Monday. do. We all like to think <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Because you know what they say: slow feet don't eat. Exactly. So you better get those exactly. feet moving, yes. especially when it's raining. So. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, actually, my girlfriend was listening when she heard that I got the cleats. She's like, okay, I, I get it. You want to get back into this football stuff? And I'm like, well, there's Olin Crutes here. Maybe I'll learn a you know, thing Blocking, or two. Yeah. Blocking. And people, people love that video. Maybe, they want to see me get maybe, slammed, though, at some yeah, time. Yeah, maybe get her some cleats and see if she can cover you. Hey. Or maybe you can cover her. Uh, work on the back pedal. I like there it. There you go. There we go. There you go. So we got a football show to talk about and a bunch of different topics. And we're going to start off here not necessarily Bears-related, but it's the biggest news in the NFL world right now. We have Bruce Arians getting a higher exec job and Todd Bowles getting a head coaching job. Mm. When he saw that, Olin, just initial reactions to Todd Bowles becoming a head coach. I, I wasn't really surprised uh, when I saw it because I think Bruce had to step away mm -hmm. a few years ago because of a heart problem, I think yeah. it was, in yep. Arizona. And so you always wonder, like, the amount of stress these guys are under when they're coaching football, uh, it gets to them. You know, uh, Urban Meyer went through the same thing, mm -hmm. right? And so once you kind of hear about a heart problem, um, stress is always the worst. Anyway, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised that Bowles gets the job. Now, uh, you looked up his record, and it wasn't very good when he was the head coach for the Jets, right? But really, when I heard about it, I thought to myself, to be honest, if Tom Brady – wins another Super Bowl with his third coach, then it's just absolutely disgusting already, right? <laughs> like, listen, okay, if he walks away and he wins, if he can take another coach to win their Super Bowl, he took Belichick. Obviously, we all know how good coach Belichick is, Bruce Aarons. Obviously, he's been paired up with very good coaches. Mm. But if he does that, I mean, there's no question anyway. Yeah, there's no question right. anyway. Right, there's no but question anyway. But but And, and he's... He's my age. I'm sitting here balding. Uh, I barely can get up in the morning, stand up straight. He's, he, 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 he unretires, and no matter who the coach is, Tampa Bay's odds are better to win the Super Bowl. Right? And you can see they're coming out of NFC with how strong the AFC is. Mm -hmm. Right? So um, just it's going to be fun to watch. I'm sure it's better than uh, when Todd Bowles was in New York. He had Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Uh, he had Sam Darnold. So I'm sure he's excited with his defense to have himself Tom Brady at quarterback. You know, when you were saying that, like, if they do win it again, I think it just adds to, the like, the mystique, the yes. aura that Tom Brady yes. is. It's, it's like you can read this all maybe 20 years down the road and be like, did that really happen? Yeah, it did, no, because yes. that's like, Tom Brady. And listen, like, for a guy who played 14 years in the NFL, 
like I can't even process the fact. First of all, how many Super Bowls he's won? won. You know, how he's won it with two different coaches. You know, and then he's married to a supermodel. Uh, <laughs> he's got movie star good looks. I mean, eventually, it's enough's enough, Tom. <laughs> you got to. You know, stop. <laughs> if he wins the Super Bowl with his third coach, I mean, Tom stays winning. Uh, yes, that's exactly Always. right. That's he exactly is the right. Goat, but for sure. as far as uh, Todd Bowles, you like to see a coach that get his shot, and you hear mm-hmm. a lot of good things about him. And uh, he's a football guy, right? Yeah. He's a football. He's a ball coach. He's a really good defense coordinator, as we all understand. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see um, how that team molds itself without Bruce Arians. Right now, I, I'm guessing Brian Leftwich stays as OC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Harold Goodwin, uh, the assistant head coach to Bruce Arians. I'm, I'm wondering where he ends up in the mix. So a lot of interesting stuff going on down there in Tampa Bay. But that was some interesting news, especially because Tom did unretire. Yeah, absolutely. And I did like this quote from Bruce Arians in a statement that he said, I wanted to ensure when I walked away that Todd Bowles would have the best opportunity to succeed. So many head coaches come into situations where they are set up for failure, and I didn't want that for Todd. So seeing, you know, for the future, and Todd Bowles got a five-year you know, deal yes. there to be the head coach. So you leave him in a situation where Tom Brady comes back, you have still plenty of weapons for the Buccaneers, and they're just in a really good situation for, you know, a guy that is deserving of a head coaching role. But they're now in the NFL with Todd Bowles getting the head coaching job in Tampa Bay. Ten teams will have coaching changes or a new coach um, as as a leader of the franchise. And I believe we have a graphic that we can put up real uh, quick. Yeah, we do. Just real quick, though, Enrique in the yeah. Super Chat, he gave us the daily countdown of the NFL kickoff, 160 days. Thank you, Enrique, for that Super Chat. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate it, Enrique. And the countdown. And so we have 10, new t- 10 teams that are going to have head coaches here, Olin. I just mm. wanted to, I guess, play a little game. We have, we have 10, 10 teams, Bears being one of them. Give me a minute. i got to grab that graphic. Oh, so Lawrence is going to look for the graphic. But I can, I can list off the names because we have to do that anyway. But the Bears have a new head coach in Matt Eberflus. The Broncos in Nathaniel Hackett. The Bucks obviously, in Todd Bowles. The Dolphins in Mike McDaniels. Giants in Brian Dable. Jaguars have Doug Peterson. Uh, the Raiders have Josh McDaniels. Saints, Dennis Allen. Texans, Lovey Smith. And the Vikings, Kevin O'Connell. And if you're watching the podcast, you can kind of see the records that each of these teams had prior to the new head coach coming to the organization. Obviously, the Bears 6-11, Saints 9-8, Buccaneers 13-4, Giants 4-13, Broncos 7-10, Raiders 10-7, Dolphins 9-8, Jaguars 3-14, Vikings 8-9, and and then the Texans at 4-13. So you look at this list here, Olin, see the new head coaches going to these teams. Out of all these teams here... Mm -hmm. Who's going to have the biggest jump in terms of wins now that they have this new head coach coming to this organization? Um, it's the easy pick, but Trevor Lawrence teaming up with Doug Peterson. The Jaguars only having three wins last year. Um, I don't see how they don't improve on mm-hmm. that. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be a pretty damn good quarterback uh, in the NFL. I think Doug Peterson is a good quarterback coach, uh, does a nice job with young quarterbacks. So I see them uh, taking a – Taking a step, and then my number two would be probably, Nicholas, would be the Broncos with Russell okay. Wilson, right? Uh, I, the thing I worry about with the Broncos is their coaching staff. Uh, the coaching staff they had last year, in my opinion, was an extremely good coaching staff. But like they say in the NFL, uh, good quarterbacks get guys hired, and bad quarterbacks get guys <laughs> fired. So that's why those guys are all fired. Now they got themselves a good quarterback, and they might not have the coaching staff that they had last year. So interesting as you know, a lot of teams in the NFL, they continue to chase their tail 
that could be happening to the Denver Broncos. Olin, I gotta say, I, I thought for sure you'd go with Mike McDaniel, the Dolphins. I don't. I'm, I'm listen. So Frank Smith is Mike McDaniel's offense coordinator. I cannot say I'm a huge Mike McDaniel fan. Uh, Tua Tungo Vailoa went to my high school. Uh, Frank Smith was an assistant offensive line coach when I went to New Orleans. Uh, he's a good friend of mine. He's offensive coordinator there. So I am cheering for them. Uh, but I see them this year at right around 500, what they were last year. You know, so. I was going to go with the Jaguars, too. That was going to be my pick. But I, I will go with the Dolphins and what they kind of added there just for the weapons that they gave Tua. And, yes, they had the nine wins. And you're looking at the mm. division they play in. So how many more wins do you think? Yeah, that's, maybe that, it's, because that was the question the game you created. Yeah, yeah, and you took uh, the, my my obvious like well, answer with the, you know yeah, the Jaguars. Right. So, I took the easy one. So now and you know let's say we pick, pick the Broncos. That division is tough as hell, tough, man. Man, so tough. it's like yes, you don't want the Bears. I I don't. <laughs> I don't know about how about you all. And you know let's th- talk about that. Like a lot of these new head coaches. They also got some massive upgrades. Like we'll talk about. Look, um, you go with Nathaniel Hackett. You get mm-hmm. Russell Wilson. You go with Josh McDaniels. You get Devontae Adams with okay. Derek Carr. Josh McDaniels is an interesting him. Him again, another uh-huh. Belichick guy trying to implement Belichick's system. Those guys don't seem to do very well. The, the latest being Matt Patricia there uh, for the Lions. So interesting to see he's been developing under Belichick for so long. Uh, interesting to see what he does with that Raiders team because it's still Carr, even though you got Devontae Adams, it's still Carr there and. Uh, they still have that quarterback, and we just talked about that bad quarterback get guys fired. So uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see where they go, uh, the Raiders go with Josh McDaniels as coach. But it'll be, it'll be interesting, man. Yeah, it will be. I think it just kind of changed the landscape because I think, what, that's five teams in the NFC, five in the AFC that now have new, new head coaches. So how does that change the landscape of things? But, again, when you look at that list, too, the Bears and Matt Eberflus arguably looking at it Maybe have done the least, and maybe the Saints. So far. Yeah, yes. I mean the Texans. Obviously, when you lose to Sean Watson, football on the football field, like that's not going to help your team. But yeah, the Bears and Matt Eberflus, like I mentioned, like some of these new head coaches get these new upgrades, whether it's a quarterback or elite receiver, Tyree Kill with the Dolphins, and then you have the Bears and kind of what they're doing. And to kind of transition here to to more of a Bears related topic here, Olin, mm-hmm. we didn't get your thoughts real quickly with the Ryan Bates. Not being there, mm-hmm. um, the Buffalo matches the the offer sheet. Right. Kind of when you saw that again, reaction and what ultimately that means for the Bears moving forward at the right guard position. Well, Buffalo doesn't make sense that they didn't offer him a higher tender anyway, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. So, uh, it was going to be a really bad look for that general manager that uh, they didn't offer him and they would let him leave without getting anything back. So uh, Bates leaves. Um, uh, Pose doesn't get his guy. I think he described it as it stinks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the interesting thing to me, I thought about the comments that Pose made at the owner's meeting was when he said, we came in really strong, right? We came in really strong mm-hmm. for Ryan Bates. They just matched the offer. Um, if I'm not mistaken, they offered him under $5 million a year. Yep. Okay, so to put it into perspective, Joe Tooney, the left guard, that the Chiefs signed last year, Pose was there. Batonio, the left guard for the Browns, they make $16 million a year, okay, as a guard. Uh, Graham Glasgow, a guard for the Denver Broncos, he makes $11 million a year. Hmm. Okay, so when you say you came in strong for Bates, um, what you're telling me is you came in strong for the quality of player you think he is on film, right? So if you offered him $8 million, 
or plus. So I think they guaranteed like eight or nine million the first year. Mm-hmm. Offered him four. They offered him under what James McDaniel's got. James Daniels got from the Steelers. So if you think you came in strong, basically you're telling me what kind of player you think he is. Exactly. exactly. Right. So I'm just interested because here's the guy you wanted to be your right guard, but you want to pay him starting right guard money or you don't and clearly what they what they offered wasn't right wasn't exactly what it was four years 17 million Mm -hmm. i think eight something was guaranteed so um but they're just telling you right there what basically what we've talked about on this podcast the quality of player Bates ryan Bates is he's not a game changing right guard right or else you would offered him 12 13 14 million a year you would have offered him seven million a year and then for sure the Buffalo Bills wouldn't have matched mm-hmm. if that was your opinion yeah. on him, right? So uh, it's interesting, right? They don't get their first center they go after. I didn't hear him comment on missing on Brian Allen in the because everybody keeps saying, well, the Bears are just sitting back. And my argument to that is, no, they well, try to get Ogunjobi. They try to get Brian Allen. It's the same thing, right? Okay, Lucas Patrick was your guy's guy from the beginning. He's the guy you guys rave about. But yet you went after Brian Allen first. So some of this is – and, and look, uh, uh, Lucas Patrick, excited about him, uh, the way he gets after guys. Ryan Bates, congratulations to him. I mean, uh, a very good contract for a guy with only four starts. But mm-hmm. when you say something like we went strong after him and you offered him four-something million a year and the number one guards in the NFL are making $16 million a year now, but you expect this guy to be your starting right guard. You would pay. You him. excuse me if I'm a little confused. <laughs> no, I, uh, about what you're saying. Exactly. Right? So exactly. we offered him. We came in strong for the quality of player we think he is, not for. We came in strong for the NFL starting right guard. And see, that's where the I guess the disconnect is, right? Right. So, and that's and now the Bears have to figure out what they're going to do moving forward. Mm-hmm. And before we get into. Um, our second segment of the show here, Olin. We did have a um, a listener kind of reach out to you about when George McCaskey, like if had they, or the Bears were kind of like texting, or why didn't you text back uh, Matt Eberflus mm. circling back? And I think that was on last Thursday's show. We missed it last Monday. Mm. And so that's from Anthony Pulford. Um, just wanting to know what was kind of like the reasoning behind that. Well, Anthony... And we talked about this. We were asking, we were saying he had said he was reached out to mm-hmm. Peanut Tillman. I see Peanut's going to go in. We talked about yeah. Peanut showing the Peanut Punch. I've seen him do that. It's an amazing. If you if you can get Peanut Tillman in your building and you're talking about takeaways, well, that's a no-brainer, right? Um, Eberflus, I did get a text from him. The funny thing was we were all texting each other like, is this a prank? Like, <laughs> but, but Coach Eberflus... From what I hear, I, I know three or four guys, and I think you can do the connection yourself, right? Um, because I I played for a lot of guys he talks about. Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. Rob Marinelli, even Harry Heastan knows Matt Eberflus, Coach Eberflus, Coach Flues. Um, they rave about him. He's a football guy. He's a good guy, and that's what I got from that text. As far as I, me going, and I'm, I'm trying to be respectful here, um, when, when the owner of the team that he coaches for says those things about me, mm-hmm. right? So I don't want to bias. I don't want to talk to Coach Flues and have that come out, right, about how I feel about 
George and what he said. And so trying to like just stay above um, everything that was said, everything, basically a guy calling me a liar and then literally not hearing from him at all. Right. Don't hear from George mm-hmm. at all after he said that. And then having Harry Heastan try to tell you it was true in an article and then try to get in contact with you through other people to talk to you about the story and you don't even call him back. So I have what I'm trying, I guess what I'm trying to say, and I'm trying to be respectful here, is I just don't think it's the time for me to reach out and talk to people because I want to analyze the Bears um, from an unbiased perspective, just what I see the team doing. Um, and I don't want to have my emotions come on to Coach Flues, who just got his dream job for the Chicago Bears, the franchise that started the NFL. It's an amazing opportunity for that guy. I don't want to put my opinion on what is going on, how they run their building on him. Gotcha. That's, that's a really good answer there, Olin, and I'm pretty sure Anthony will appreciate you an- answering that with you know just an, an honest answer. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to tell you about PointsBet real quick. The best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you'll get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. But that's not it. If you make a $50 or more first-time deposit, you'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO Locker. That's a $2,000. That's $2,000 of free bets, a free CHGO membership, and a free T-shirt from the CHGO Locker, and all for making more than a $50 first-time deposit at PointsBet. If you have any questions, you can email pointsbet at allchgo.com, and we'll help you out. It's your home for live in-play betting, and it just got better, introducing PointsBet's new feature, Live College Basketball Same Game Parlay. For the first time ever, you can build the perfect live same-game parlay only with PointsBet. Combine your favorite bets anytime during the game. Want more? You can boost your live same-game parlays, watch live, parlay live, and boost live with PointsBet. Lots of lies in there. And now, online sign-up is available in Illinois. You can download the PointsBet app right now and register your account from start to finish, all from your phone, plus during PointsBet Match Madness, all users can earn up to $100 in free bets. During each round, just place a $50 pregame wager and get a free $20 live bet to be used that round. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with PointsBet. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. And our next partner has a product that I use now. This is 10 days in a row, Olin. Mm-hmm. I started taking Athletic Greens because I wanted to see what the hype was all about. I see you working out a lot. You know, I'm, I'm trying, you Olin. I'm trying. It, energy, it does yeah. give you energy. It makes you feel good and... You know, I've been taking them, like I said, for 10 days in a row now, right before my morning workouts. And honestly, I can feel the difference. I I don't know what's working in there, but it's doing its job. All you have to do is take one scoop of Athletic Greens, and you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day off right. The mixture of ingredients helps your immune system, gives you energy, and improves your focus. And that's why I take my Athletic Greens to help me get through my busy day. What's awesome about Athletic Greens is that it costs you less than $3 a day, so you're investing in your health, and it's cheaper than that cold brew habit. Also, it helps support better sleep quality and recovery, which we all definitely need. And right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with a convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. 
To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgobears. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgobears to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutrition insurance. I'm going to take a breather here. Uh, but only we're, we're back. Good reads. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I appreciate you it. You know, someone in the chat just said uh, that they want Olin to do a read for us. They're trying point. to hold me down, man. They're trying to hold me down. <laughs> there it is. They've been trying to Nishalia, hold me down for Nishalia years. Wants. Olin yeah. needs you know, to do a I th- read. Monday. How about Monday? We'll uh, have Adam right. back. Listen. We'll, we'll, Listen. And I, just, I, I do what they tell me to do. I mean, I'm now an offensive you're, lineman. Now, now you're going to do ad reads. I, I, I'm an <laughs> offensive lineman. I do what, what I'm told to do. Gotcha. And now we'll, we'll tune into Monday's show. Um, we, the Bears made a, a move last yep. night. They're Olin Krutz. They sign safety Dane Cruikshank from the Tennessee mm-hmm. Titans. It's now, what, the third player that the Bears have gotten from uh, the Tennessee Titans? I was looking into him, and I feel like every Bears fan, whoever follows the Bears, like have seen the same video breakdown that I have where mm. he, he, he's not a guy that has played a lot of snaps throughout his career. He's actually missed a lot of time due to injuries. But in the times that he has played, especially last season, he's done a pretty good job against some, mm. some elite tight ends. But Dane Cruikshank, again, just maybe initial thoughts there, Olin, what this player is. He only signed for a year little over $1 million in guaranteed money. So I think just the money, the year signing, kind of indicates what the Bears maybe think of him a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he, he seems like a special teams addition mm-hmm. right now. And like you're saying, uh, maybe a guy you use in matchups that you like him in uh, covering tight ends, but um, hasn't really shown anything on the film that will make you say, well, he's the guy who's going to start opposite Eddie yeah. Jackson, right? So um, Coach Eberflus um, – uh, Allen Williams, a defense coordinator, his secondary is his thing. Uh, and I'm losing right now um, the, the special team coach's name. Um, Hightower? Coach Hightower. Probably like this guy. They, they thought he was worth getting in the building. Uh, one thing to consider when you talk about the Titans guys all coming in, uh, first of all, the running back and the fullback, uh, those guys are both outside zone guys. Mm, uh, yep. This outside zone has turned into something like um, – Everybody who's a part of it, it's like they're a genie, right? They rub the bottle, and they think the outside zone scheme pops out. And we heard about that from um, Ryan Bowles, talked about why fields will play better. Well, they're going to rub the genie bottle, and this outside zone scheme pops out, and they'll run outside zone and boot, and, and, and the scheme's going to make the player better. You still need players. So we got the draft coming, and by no means are we saying there's no one out there. By no means do you say – Free agency uh, wins and you know equals wins and losses with the amount of money you pay. Actually, we all know it's almost the opposite sometimes, mm-hmm. right? But um, as far as Crookshank, uh, he's just a piece, man. He, they got to get bodies out there. They got to get to ninety for camp. I'm sure he's got some talent. I'm sure there's some things they'd like that they saw to fit him into Eberflus and Allen Williams scheme. But uh, he's the kind of guy you got to develop, right? And, and it's funny because we keep hearing about. Uh, guys' injuries, but then they keep bringing injured guys in, right? <laughs> so uh, it's good. It's, it's, it's going to be an interesting draft, second, third wave of free agency for the Chicago Bears because they're, most of their teams be made up of those guys. Yeah, for you know. Sure. So uh, I was wondering. I'm sure you guys talked about it, but what was your guys' opinion or your opinion, Nicholas, on Coach Eberflus saying that? Well, we know we haven't got a lot of players here. And then I heard, even, no, not only Eberflus said 
that we feel like we have enough dynamic players on offense. When he said that, I said, Coach, that is not true to myself. And then he, and then Ryan Poe said, don't underestimate what the scheme is going to do for Justin Fields. And I tell you why it kind of made me feel a little uncomfortable. That's the same thing they told us about Juan Castillo coaching the offensive line. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing Ryan Pace told us about. Don't underestimate what coaching will do for these guys. So I was wondering what you thought about when you heard, first of all, Coach Flu say that, that they do have enough dynamic playmakers. And then Poe saying, don't worry because the scheme will help him improve. Basically saying, a guy he knows well, Coach Nagy, your scheme is terrible. <laughs> Essentially. Well, when I heard that, Olin, it's like, you're putting a lot of pressure on Luke Getze, who's mm-hmm. never called plays in the NFL, mm-hmm. right? And obviously coming from Green Bay, you have the quarterback, you have a dynamic wide receiver they used to in Devontae Adams. So it just seems like you're putting so much pressure on them to make Justin Fields better. And they raved about Byron Pringle. They raved about him. Special talent, a hard worker, mm-hmm. guy like that. And, you know, maybe that's true, but he was the fourth option right. in Kansas City, right? So when you're saying that, and I, I think Giberflus also mentioned, like, yeah, you can always add players, right? right? You can always do that, and of course you can. But it just seems like there's such an emphasis on this scheme to change what the Bears are, and, and you don't really have the pieces and the players to really do that at this moment. The draft's obviously going to happen at the end of April, which will, you know, will be in April tomorrow. Yeah. But, like, the Bears at this point in time, if you're putting all your eggs in the basket of a Byron Pringle, Equinemis St. Brown, and what the scheme can do, Man, are you really putting Justin Fields in the best opportunity to succeed? Yeah, and eventually I would like to hear them just say we are on like a four- or five-year plan here. Yeah. Because let's be honest, if they are, we will all agree the proper way to build a football team is through the draft. Mm-hmm. Every, you draft players, you develop players, right, which is where we've talked about many times on this podcast – your strength coach comes in, your director of performance comes in, your trainers come in, and then your coaches are your skill coaches. But draft players, develop players, um, if that's what we are doing, then they're on a four- or five-year plan, right? And then they could spend money in free agency next year, but then it's like, oh, so now last year free agency didn't work, but this year it does work, mm-hmm. right? But and, and you just worry about Justin Fields on the field, with what they have, who's the right guard, right? Um, we've never seen Lucas Patrick play. We've never seen Lucas Patrick play center unless he was in front of Aaron Rodgers, yeah. who gets the ball out really fast and dictates everything that happens at the line of scrimmage. Um, they talked about Borum. The way, he, the way he sounded to me was that Borum is more of a left tackle and Tevin Jenkins is more of a right tackle. That's what I took from the owner's meeting, just hearing – uh, Ryan Poe's talk. So um, they don't have really have a tight end. They don't have a number one wide receiver. Um, scheme be damned. You need some of those. <laughs> you just need players, too. Yeah. And actually, Eberflus also mentioned, like, they're trying to find that balance between now mm-hmm. and the future. And, you know, I think that's just a difficult place to be in. And it obviously, is. you know, you have to think, you know, ahead at times. But what's happening now for Justin Fields in 2022 to make him a better quarterback and if it's so much on scheme, I guess we'll see how that all plays out once the season. I, actually... I would like to see them, and, and here's my question for you, Nicholas. Yeah, how is important is it with Getsy, Janoko, to get? I know they signed Trevor Simeon, mm-hmm. and Trevor Simeon, I think he's here. He got drafted into the Gary Kubiak, Rick Dennison scheme. 
Uh, he played in yeah. Minnesota with Gary Kubiak. So he understands this outside zone concept scheme they're about to put in, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting to me if they – I thought a big mistake they made with Mitch Trubisky was just putting all their eggs in the Mitch Trubisky basket and not getting another young quarterback in here to develop, right? So, like, if you think about when uh, Kirk Cousins and Robert Griffin III were in Washington, like – you can't be scared to take another quarterback just because mm-hmm. you have a young quarterback on your roster, right? So I, right now they have Nick Foles. I, I know they talked about trading him, but yeah. um, I think Ryan Poles and Ian Cunningham and Coach Eberflus and Getsy, I think you have to keep trying to develop guys at that position. Especially because the last regime failed to do that. I, outside of drafting Mitchell Trubisky, that was it. And Ryan Poles talked every single year. We're, you know, we can draft a quarterback, draft a quarterback. They never – they never did that. Right. I was looking at some of the – since Ryan Poles got to Kansas City in 2009, just seeing, like, the history of the Chiefs organization since he was there. And, yes, he, he had to work his way up. So we don't know how much of a factor he had in the drafts there. But, yeah, the Chiefs didn't really draft many quarterbacks either since mm-hmm. 2009. Obviously, they moved up to get Patrick Mahomes. But this is now Ryan Poles', Ryan Poles team, Matty Rufus' team. So how do they kind of approach well, that but position? But the Chiefs traded, right, for yeah. – um, I'm forgetting the guy's name from the Patriots now. Cassell. Cassell? Matt Cassell? Matt Castle. Yeah. Matt Castle. Oh, yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah. And then they traded for Alex Smith, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. they they got guys they knew could do the job, mm-hmm. right? And then they traded up and took Mahomes. So they so traded for guys um, like Alex Smith, I think, because Colin Kaepernick was playing well. He, was, he had led the 49ers to playoffs. Everybody mm-hmm. knew he could play football. Uh, he fit in Andy Reid's all Anyway, um, I know what you're saying. He learned under those guys. Uh, who would be a guy like that right now in the NFL that you would trade for that they have a young quarterback behind him, right? That, okay, we have, we've developed this young quarterback. We want, we're going to, you can have our veteran who, who's proven he can play, mm-hmm. right? So you start to look for trade partners like that. But um, they're going to let Justin Fields develop here. I'm just kind of worried about who he's developing with, right? Um, I played offensive line, obviously, for a long time, as you guys know. Um, my best years were when there were a lot of good players around me. And my worst years are when there were a lot of bad players around me. So mm-hmm. uh, you can never do this job, no matter what scheme you're in. You can never play good football if you're not surrounded by good football players. Absolutely. And we have a question here. If you want to read that real yeah, quick. Yeah, that's just from Thomas in the chat. He says, would you draft a young backup QB or go for the undrafted free agent? Is I mean, I don't know who's out there. but Right. And, and, that's, and the problem is they're bullets, right? They don't have a lot of... Six. They don't have a lot of picks, right? So um, you almost, for them, the way they were, what they were left with their salary cap, uh, now they got Cliff Stein trying to fix their salary cap um, with, you know, trading their picks away. I think their last pick's in the sixth round. Yep. So you're thinking yeah. if there's not somebody you really don't like there in the sixth round, you're probably looking at an undrafted guy, right? Because I don't think they can afford to waste very many other picks, Nicholas, uh, on a backup quarterback as important as I think it is to develop a backup, a young backup quarterback under Justin Fields. Yeah, no, and it, and look, now you add right guard to the mix of things that the Bears need. They need wide receiver. You can probably add another tackle. You need another safety, another corner, slot corner. What, did I just name like seven positions right there that the Bears only have six draft picks for? So and I really want to see Whitehead here. What is his first? What is the guy? He would play sign with um, the Jets. He's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
and I'm blanking on his first name, but you, yeah, you talked to him about him a couple podcasts ago. That I think that would have fit perfectly with wait, what wait, Eddie Jackson's Jackson. trying to do. And that was actually another player that was brought up at these um, owners meetings. Um, Eddie Jackson, Lawrence, you're looking at me. I just, you know, I like hearing you talk about Eddie Jackson. It's fun to talk about. Eddie okay, <laughs> I thought I said something, but they said they wanted to kind of get him in a better, better opportunities, right? To mm-hmm. kind of get him to be that playmaker that we all saw in 2018. Mm-hmm. Whether in maybe playing closer to the line of scrimmage, and they mm-hmm. and they mentioned blitzing, yep. with with A. Jackson, who, under my recollection, doesn't have that much experience here in Chicago doing doing mm-hmm. some of those kind of things. But again, playing remember, different um, roles. Remember last year, Sean Desai. He, he did during say a year nickel. He no, not only nickel, but on short yardage, he mm-hmm. would send Eddie Jackson a B gap. Yeah, and I think when I when I first heard. Coach Flues is what we're doing now. Yeah, I was actually going to ask you, is he mad yeah. or are you going to call him Flues? Because that's like, that's, I, I guess that's a thing. Listen, I'll call him, you know, Coach <laughs> Flues, I'm sorry. Flues, Flues, Eber Flues. Um, they blitzed him in a B gap. I thought he did a really good job. I, actually, how slippery he was in short yard situations surprised me. I thought he did a nice job blitzing. I think when they're talking about him blitzing last year, those are the downs you're talking about. Okay. And, and I'll try to find a few. Um, and post him on Twitter when he was blitzing uh, in the B guy and did a really nice job on short yardage, which surprised me because sometimes you see him tackling, you don't think. But you know what kind of athlete this guy is, right? Like, you see his range on the field. Jordan Whitehead is the um, safety for the there Jets. You, you see his range on the field. Um, you see him play nickel cornerback. Mm-hmm. Uh, the guy is tremendously talented. We've been saying since 2018, how do you get Eddie Jackson back? to playing at that level. Um, Allen Williams, the defense coordinator, he, he is a secondary coach. Uh, the Bears do have a safety coach on their staff. We'll forget you that name um, before the show is over. But he is a key. You think about Bob Sanders for the Colts. Bob mm-hmm. Sanders is an absolute – he was dynamic. Uh, Andre Curtis? Is that what we're talking about the Bears safeties coach? Andre Curtis, yes. yes. Yep. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, Mike Brown, a name we all know. Dynamic playmaker in the Tampa 2 scheme. John Lynch, right, the, Bron- uh, uh, the 49ers general manager. Dynamic playmaker in the Tampa 2 scheme. Rondé Barber used to move in. That's the kind of guys they need, right, move in and play nickel corner, and he was a great blitzer. So you just go through the scheme, you say, okay, what do they need? Well, they need a playmaking safety. But they, ha- they supposedly have one, and you know they like what they see because of what they're paying him. They're keeping yeah. him on the roster because there's not a lot of guys who can do what Eddie Jackson can do. No. And his, you can get drunk on his potential if you're a <laughs> yeah. coach, right? If I can just get him to do this because he can do so many things. And look, um, his tackling, people questioned last year, um, gosh, would we like to see Eddie Jackson play at a high level again, right? I mean, that, that would be awesome for the Chicago Bears. It would, and, you know, with this hits philosophy, like you're going to have to buy in and those tackling issues, you would hope maybe in training camp you learn how to kind of figure some of those things out. But, man, it's got to be, for Allen Williams, like an interesting balance. Like, when are you going to blitz him? But you also know that he's got that range. So it's like it's a, it's a, it's a good problem to have, I would say. Very think. good problem. Very good have. problem to have. Yeah. So before we get to our last segment of the show, I have to tell you about Strava Coffee. And I have to mm. ask you this question. Want to start your day with a competitive edge? Yep. 
Well, Strava CBD coffee is a game changer and has helped thousands of people to improve their overall wellness and quality of life. Strava delivers delicious, fresh roasted specialty coffee infused with organic broad spectrum CBD. And just so you know, CBD from hemp doesn't make you high or hungry, but it does offer real benefits that can help you, like feeling alert and focused without the jitters, living your day more balanced with less anxiety and fewer aches and pains. Plus, including CBD in your daily routine can help you enjoy more restful sleep so you wake up feeling at your best. And the best part of all this, Strava is all about quality. Everything is small batch, fresh, and shipped straight to your door. Strava also offers concentrated full-spectrum CBD tinctures for those looking for a more traditional CBD format with a powerful entourage effect of benefits. CHGO listeners can save 25% off their entire purchase when you use code CHGO25. That's 25% off your entire order at StravaCraftCoffee.com when you use code CHGO25 at checkout. Discount coupon valid on non-subscription purchases only, one use per customer. And already love Strava? Subscribe and save with the Strava Coffee Club. With Strava, you are in control. Save on your favorite coffees and have them automatically delivered to your home or office on your preferred schedule. And now, I have to tell you about CHGO because you're watching this podcast. You must like what we're doing here. And we have plenty of other things other than the Bears. So if you aren't a member, though, of our CHGO family... What are you waiting for at this point? What's wrong with you? Exactly. What is wrong with you? Well, members will have access to our premium content from all of our great writers. You'll also get a free t-shirt of your choice when you become a member. And, Olin, those are actually coming in. I've seen a couple of the t-shirts. T-shirts? What they look like. The drip. They they are fire. They're good? They look. There's fire. So, um, they're coming. The drip is coming. There's fire. <laughs> and you get access to the members-only Discord, the CHGO Lounge. And, of course, we have podcasts and live shows like this one on every team every day. So come join this amazing family that is constantly growing here at CHGO. I'm Nicholas Moriano. That's Olin Cruz. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. And we're here to kind of just get you home and to the last segment of the show and I got some questions if you want to do some questions. Let's do some we, questions. We've had a lot, of, a lot of good stuff in the chat. Uh, a lot of talk about the second-round picks. Mm. Uh, this is from Michael Ipsen. He's one of many that asked us, what are the odds polls trades down with one or both of his second-round picks? What do you think? I think it's obviously they're going to look at their board to assess what's, what's there. Mm. And you have, what, 38 and 49? Mm-hmm. If you feel like there's – let's say there's a bunch of receivers still left in this draft and you – at that 49 pick, you're like, okay, I could trade back and maybe get recoup a third-round pick or another third-round pick that's add to that. Now you're getting a couple, what, four picks in the top 100 potentially? Like like we said, I just listed off, what, eight positions the Bears currently need right. players at. Would it make sense? Eight is more than six. Yeah, and, and, <laughs> and Ryan Pose has said he will stick to his board, take the best player on the board. And, and like you said, if there's a lot of players, he – he could possibly trade mm-hmm. back and get more picks. Um, I was wondering, would he package them and trade up? up? And you talked about a guy earlier who's maybe if he's there late in the first round, a Zion. Zion Johnson. Man. Zion Johnson, from actually from Ryan Pose's college, a Boston college. Would you, if I think the guy is a 10-year starter at guard 
for me in the NFL with my problems on the O line, I would do it. I love I, Zion I would Johnson. Do it. You know what I mean? I I, I would trade guys like that, guys who you think are ten year starters in the NFL, uh, guys who come in, change your culture, get after guys. The offensive line we've been trying to fix here Forever. for years, right? So, um, you know, I I wonder. I think. They could do either, actually, mm-hmm. when, when it comes up. And I, I actually think to myself, man, uh, when you earn the right to get to where Ryan Poles is, and, and let's not be mistaken, that is earned. You got to put in your work. Uh, you got you to become a scout. But, man, how fun it must be to sit in a room and run your own football team. Mm-hmm. And I, I know there's a tremendous amount of pressure, but how fun it must be to be the guy who has to make those decisions. Uh, he's been waiting for this opportunity. I'm sure he's got a plan. We're all hoping it, the damn it works. You know <laughs> what I sure. mean? So, um, but there, there are quality positions I think that you do consider, Nicholas, trading up for in the first round. Cornerback, offensive line. And now with like a Zion Johnson, and he does, look, Ryan Poles learned under Brett Veach, a guy that when he saw somebody go to Patrick Mahomes, they went up to go get that kind of guy. Right. So, and he's learned from those kind of guys. Scott Pioli was somebody who was also there. Um, Chris but, Ballard. Yep. So, guys that he's learned from, what do you take away from there? And, like, if you see somebody like that, and like Zion Johnson, he's played left tackle, left guard, and he played center at the Senior Bowl. There's some versatility there. And, again, the Bears need some offensive linemen for sure. So, yeah, it would be interesting to see what they would end up doing. I got another question for you guys from, from Miggy. He says, do we chalk this year up as a throwaway year and splash some cash next offseason? I don't like the term throwaway year, right. to be completely honest. Right. Um, because anytime you have a young quarterback like Justin Fields, I don't think you can characterize it as a, a throwaway year. There's no. still a lot he can learn in year two with Luke Getze, how this offense can develop moving forward. Mm-hmm. But me, like throwaway year, I get it. There's going to be more draft capital. There's going to be more um, cap space that you'll have in 2023. But not. it's definitely not a throwaway year. Yes, the Bears may not be competitive, mm-hmm. And, you know, just like they might not be as competitive as you would like, but I wouldn't say throwaway year. Yeah, you, you don't ever want to assume that the whole staff will be here too. That's true. The next year, right? So uh, if Luke Getze gets out of Justin Fields and, and turns this offense around that's been really bad, especially the passing offense, turns around immediately, they do look competent out there. They do score 24-plus points a game. Justin Fields does take another step. Uh, well, Luke Getz will be on a lot of people' rate, a lot of people's radars, right? And then you're looking at maybe Janoko stepping up and taking office coordinator job. So, as much as developing players, Coach Eberflus needs to be developing coaches mm-hmm. along the way. But you never want in the NFL just assume that this ain't college, right? Like we got five years and we'll develop these guys and the coaches. It's not going to happen. So um, you you get the most out of every you can. And I I argue to the people they do have to get their salary cap situation right. They did trade away a pick. Thankfully, they did their first-round pick because if we didn't have Justin Fields right now, where would we be sitting? What would we be talking about? Uh, what would the future of this franchise look like? So credit Ryan Pace for that, for going up and getting Justin Fields when he fell in the draft. But uh, as far as throwing a season away, they didn't try to do that early on. And we talked about early on this podcast that they went after Ogan Joby. Uh, they did offer him a good contract. They went after Brian Allen. Uh, they did try to get the center from the Rams. They didn't get him. They were trying to get guys in that building to help develop this team and help them win what looks like could have been now if they would have got those guys. Mm-hmm. But yeah. now you look at it and you're saying, man, 
it's almost like we're in a wait-and-see approach. We have to see if these guys can draft and develop players. Who do they pick up late in free agency? What kind of guys do they get? They need a left tackle, like you're talking about. They need a left tackle uh, since everybody was screaming how terrible Charles Leno was, and then they got rid of Charles Leno, and everybody was screaming about that. And then you ask the people who are screaming about Charles Leno, well, name me seven left tackles in the NFL, and they can't. So that's fine. Anyway. <laughs> so now they still don't have a left tackle, right? They still don't have one. Uh, maybe we'll get Peters off the fishing boat again, who did a great job last year. But uh, we will see what kind of year this ends up being. And a lot of it sits on Justin Fields' doorstep. And what does he do? And this defense now, who don't really have a three technique, don't sell to me Justin Jones as you starting three technique. Can they stop the run? So we will see how this year goes. Are you saying that Pauls needs to reel in uh, Jason Peters? <laughs> Yes, you're I, see, I see what you're, you're doing there. Well, you go, you can only say you're welcome if we say thank you. We didn't like the joke, exactly. so we didn't say thank you. I'm going to move right along. No, no, you, you can't say Bear, you're welcome. Though, Bear Forever gave us a super chat, and I really appreciate this one. He is agreeing with you guys. He says, I understand and agree with building through the draft, but you can't just punt on this season. Justin Fields is the most critical piece on the Bears, and you can't waste a single season. No, you can't, and that's why we were talking about, like, scheme is so influential on Justin Fields. like... Man, like you're putting again a lot of pressure on Getsy to get him right, despite not having all the weapons there or the people to protect him. So yes, there are things that Justin Fields can do individually, like just learn his reads, know where to go in his progression, and work on footwork and things like that. But he could do all those things right, Olin, mm-hmm. and then the slant routes not open because Pringle didn't get open because he's not right. the best caliber of player. Right. So it's like he can take those steps forward individually, but that doesn't necessarily mean the play will have success because you still don't have the players to, to make that happen. Right. You, you, you saw Joe Burrow down there in the, for the Bengals, what a really good quarterback can do for a team. But, of course, they had Chase, and mm-hmm. they have other very good receivers. They have a very good running back in Mixon. Uh, they do a very nice Zach Taylor down there. Again, he's one of these outside zone genies, right? They, they rub the, the genie bottle, <laughs> and the outside zone scheme pops out, and everybody's trying to hire these guys now. Um, they're trying to the Kyle Shanahan, Mike Shanahan, Gary Kubiak tree. Uh, all you got to do is get the rub from one of these guys and you'll get a job somewhere in the NFL <laughs> coaching outside zone. Cause obviously no one else knows outside zone, but anyway, that's just a, a ramble from an old line guy. But as far as that, yes, to your question, they need some more players. We just named what Burrow did, but he did it with mm-hmm. really good skill Tyler guys Gordon, around like so him. Right? Guys. Um, it's just going to be interesting to see and, just, I wish they would stop saying that, man, because they know better than anybody. They played in the NFL. They know they don't have enough players on that offense right now. And it doesn't mean that they won't have it by the time we kick off in August. Mm-hmm. But don't, when they ask your question, don't say, yeah, we, we see enough dynamic players in the building because I get a little worried when you say that, right? I get a little, okay, no. That doesn't say that Pringle can't play. Just, just, just like the offensive line, they need more competition everywhere sure. else on that offense. Maybe not running back. All right, I got another question for you guys. Uh, a lot of people think, this is from Mike Jamison in the chat. He says, a lot of people think the Bears are tanking. However, if the Bears end up over 500, will it be because of Fluce or Poles or Fields? I Gosh, it'll be because of all of them. Yeah. If they do, right? Okay, that, who, that's, how about that, who's the most going to have the most uh, percentage oh, well, that's, It's Fields. Yeah. It's Justin Fields, right? That quarterback is the most important part of this football team. And as we look at it now, Nicholas, I mean – He's going to have to take a big jump for them to get above 500. 
He he is, and I think when you look at just what they said, Eberflus polls at the owners' meetings, and I have a quote here um, from Eberflus saying, "We're looking for better technique, better fundamentals, better decision making, better timing, everything." He's he's all on board on that. He's excited about where he is, and he's been working his tail off. That's what we want. Just that big jump from year one to year two. We we all want this, right? Mm-hmm. But it's like, and we keep going back to it, like. Yes, he can do things individually, but you got to give him the players around him to make that happen. Okay, Anish says, what does a leap look like for Justin Fields in year two in terms of numbers? What does that leap look like? Now, are we just looking like production-wise? Like uh, I, four, I, I, I would say 4,000 yards, we'll 24, 25 touchdowns, and, and anything lower than 10 interceptions. Like, you got to be under double-digit interceptions, right? That's what it looks like for me. Taking a jump, and if he can, if he can combine that, with the way he runs the ball, right? I mean, this guy we Dynamic. know. Gosh, I remember him out on the edge and making Bosa look slow against the 49ers, <laughs> right? So he is a dynamic runner. Uh, he's a dynamic football player, and he's fun to watch. Uh, he's got – the kids call it nowadays, he's got that swag, that drip when he walks on the field. Uh, damn it, when he walks on the field, sometimes I get excited. I want to go out there and block somebody because he looks like he's going – he wants to go and, and, and he wants to take the fight to the other team. And that's what you want as an offensive lineman. So uh, we're excited about the kid. Uh, uh, there's a lot that you hope he improves on. Uh, seeing the field, getting the ball out faster. Those are things, Nicholas, immediately, that's why he dropped in a draft. You saw some of those problems rear their head last year. Uh, but he did show that he could learn from his mistakes, get the ball out faster. Um, so we should see. We should see the step he takes. But, man, if he takes a step, this team could be exciting. Man, the city would just lose it if Justin Fields is that guy. I can I can see it right now. A little thing that I would like to see improvement wise, like there was an issue with holding on to the football at times, especially mm. when he got outside the pocket. There were a couple of, of drives where I think it was in the Minnesota game Monday night where Justin Fields had a fumble was on the, along the right sideline. You lose that drive. So just hanging on to the football, like that's little things that you can do to show progression. You keep the offense alive. Who knows what happens in a game like that if you're able to, again, hold on to the football. Something's really, really simple. And that's a give and take, right? Because with him, and I know we got to get to the super chat. I'll be quick with this. Sorry. For him, you want him to to extend the time to be off schedule because that's when he's dangerous. It's almost like Russell Wilson, right? Like Mm -hmm. he's going to take sacks, but – he, that's also what leads to the really big plays. Exactly. Exactly. All right, yeah, Olin, uh, tease the super chat. This is from Steve OD. Uh, thank you for the super chat, Steve. Olin, what are your thoughts on Linderbaum? Would you move up for him? I, I am a big fan of Tyler Linderbaum, and he looks like the real deal, right? And to be honest with you, uh, me and Nicholas were talking about this earlier. I don't get, like, full game films of these guys that I get to watch and really watched him in their scheme, watched him work through tough football players, watched him make blocks that actual, for me, I would say, okay, that's an NFL block. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of blocks guys make that you're like, okay, that looked that look great, but that's not an NFL block. For example, I used to jump turn guys in college. A jump turn is like you just jump around guys and throw them to the ground. And anyway, really quick, I tried that against Mike Wells. Mike Wells in Iowa nose guard. From Iowa, you should know your guys, but you don't. That's your problem, not mine. Alumni. Wow. Anyway. Wow. <laughs> I didn't Shot say fired. I didn't know him. I'm like, All right, who's Mike Wells? 
Well, you, you just said he was a nose guard. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you look, I'm like, wait. Anyway, Mike Wells picked me up, Packers. slammed me 10 yards in the backfield on my head. I realized that the jump turn I've been doing in college probably won't work in the NFL. So Tyler Lindenbaum, I think he can do it. He's an outside zone guy. Uh, the last guy who had this much accolades and people were excited about coming out uh, was the center. I'm losing his name now. He's a center for of the Minnesota Vikings. They took him early in the first round of North Carolina State, and he mm-hmm. hasn't really worked out. So uh, I would have to see more film, but from what I have seen of him, I do like his game. Uh, would I trade two picks to go get him after we just signed Lucas Patrick to play center? Probably not. Olin, you talked about – so you, you try to jump – like what is that – look, I'm going to show you this some real quick. Obviously, people on, on the, the podcast won't be able to see this, but – this is Kelsey doing a spin move. Have you ever tried this before oh, yeah. in a game? Yeah, I could post that online. Uh, um, I've, I actually have that against Green Bay where I spun off the nose guard to block the linebacker. So, yes. Yeah, so th- basically it's Kelsey, the, the center for, for spinning. The, spinning. Yeah, and you're like, I'm like, huh, when, I need to ask Olin about when they this. When the D lineman grabs you, like they're running a game there and he's grabbing his shoulder, you spin and box out like a basketball player. Gotcha, okay. Yeah. So, again, you need to have that athleticism. To be able to do something like well, that. I mean, it's just a spin. It's really not. We'll keep the footing, right? And yeah, I, I would I mean, imagine it gets congested yeah, I in mean, there. Kelsey's a great player. Very good football player. But uh, I wouldn't say spinning and boxing somebody is out as extremely athletic. Wait, so hold on. I, as someone who's not seeing this video, and maybe we should tweet this or whatever, but are you saying you're spinning like 360 to go get a second guy, yeah. right? Yeah. Is that to be turning away from the blitz? The well, it's blitz? like boxing out someone in basketball, right? Sure. Like you're just going to box him out. With your bottom, right? But um, it's because D linemen will, they're not supposed to, but they will hold also sometimes, <laughs> especially when they're trying to run games. Or like um, the video I have is I'm doubling a nose guard and he grabs my, my jersey so I can't get off to the linebacker. Mm. So I spin out of his grab to get the linebacker. Okay. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Yeah. I'm looking forward to seeing this. Do you have any more uh, questions there, Lawrence? No, or? Think, you know, that's, 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 we've gotten to most of them, I believe. Yeah, so if you – yeah, we can, we can call today if you'd like. Go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, you know, I did have one last question Can't for wait. you, Olin, um, about just the owners' meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ryan Poles now reports directly to George McCaskey. Yep. I guess just your thoughts on that. And again, it's not everything, mm-hmm. but like the Khalil Mack trade, a bigger kind of decision right. where, you know, you probably need everybody on board with this. I guess, what are your thoughts on, on just that, that kind of process? Well, well, they try to make change because they haven't been really successful in the way they've been doing things, right? I think since, I think it was the 1994 playoffs, Dave wants it, uh, and he takes a team and they beat Minnesota Vikings. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chicago Bears have four wins in the playoffs since 1994, since Ted Phillips has been president, elevated to president, CEO of the Chicago Bears. Whether you think he's a football guy or not, if you just read the numbers, they're not very good. right? They haven't won a lot of football games with Ted in charge. Eventually, it falls at the guy in charge's doorstep. right? So um, three of those wins, out of those four wins, I played for the Chicago Bears. I haven't played football for the Chicago Bears since 2010. So that's a long time ago. right? So they have to make change somewhere. They decided to take Ted out, which I have a hard time believing that he's completely out of the mix. Uh, I think he's still running the building there. And, and Pose reports to George. 
if you ask me in the in the Bears building, and remember, I was there for a long time. Pose's number one job is to educate George McCaskey on what a winning football team and a winning culture is like. And George's number one job is to actually be interested in what it takes to build a winning football team and build a winning culture and learn what it takes to be a football guy and actually respect what the guys on the field are actually doing out there playing ball, right? Because um, it really is not good that all of a sudden I'm a fan learning the game. Well, George, you knew you were going to be in charge years ago, right? You probably should have learned the game of football years ago. You see why the Chicago Bears haven't won a lot of football games. Credit to them, I guess I guess some credit to them, that they're trying to make changes up there, that they're trying to do things a little differently and have polls direct. But listen, if someone came to me to talk to me, we talked earlier about hockey, and they were talking to me about hockey and what was going on in the hockey field, I would have no idea mm-hmm. what the hell they're talking about, right? So I don't know how it helps. I don't know what, what, he, what they're going to do different, what they can do. The man keeps calling himself a fan of the game of football and what a fan would do. And I don't know if you realize how much of that is an indictment on him and the things he's saying, but um, I, I don't, I don't know what it's going to do different. I, I wish Pose and Eberflus all the luck in the world. They're going to need it in that building to turn around, to get the bears back and help us all because me, Nicholas and everybody here at CSGO, we'd all benefit from a playoff win. I'd like to be in a bar uh, drinking out when the Bears win a football game and to enjoy like it. Fun. Uh, so, look, uh, we all want to see them turn around. We're all hoping this works. Uh, I don't know what reporting directly to George actually does for you. Uh, they have to bring in Bill Polian just to have him get to higher polls uh, because they don't know what the hell they're doing up there. So, we'll see. We'll see if those changes play That dividends. was a Coach Nagy word salad. <laughs> but what I'm trying to do is not complete. I'm trying to be respectful here. I think we should end it with this uh, from Goose in the chat. It says, Olin out there, Gator rolling. Alex Brown would be proud. No doubt. Talk about your block. <laughs> no doubt. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the CHGO Bears podcast. Make sure to check us out at allchgo.com. Follow us on Twitter at CHGO underscore Bears and at CHGO underscore Sports. And we just made a TikTok. I, so. s- I, swear, I swear we started this thing with four guys. Yeah. What, did what happened to the CHGO team, the Bears team? I don't know. Something you said. Yeah. Got to be a good teammate, Nicholas, man. Hey, we're here. We're here holding yeah, down the Yeah, I know. No, listen, Olin. listen. We're all about a team now. It's not just about me and you. Okay? So, for the other two members, yeah. you know who you are. Adam uh, and Will. I mean, <laughs> hey, whenever you guys want to come to the game. And yeah, not to name names, but yeah, Adam and Will. Not to name Not throw anybody under the bus. <laughs> but but Adam know. and Will, whenever you guys want to come play the game. <laughs> we had a game today. You guys missed it. It's okay. Well, Olin, so Will, myself... And our good buddy Mason will be on tomorrow to end the Mason? week. Mason, yes. We got a new guy. No one even introduced him to me. Uh, we haven't. We'll get that going. Eventually. Who the hell is Mason? <laughs> uh, we gotta, Mason's going to love this. We so got to approve. We got to approve Mason. You need to be approved before Mason you get West, the CHGO you podcast. From Olin Krutz. But until next time, <laughs> bear down, Chicago. Bear down. <laughs> <laughs>